if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Allow me to explain. It's free, and we all love free stuff. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the 2020 NHL Entry Draft preview show here on ES. ECSW, and uh, joining me for this is Matthew Zader, at Matthew Zader SC on Twitter. He covers the Canucks, the Vancouver Giants, the NHL, and the NHL draft for the Hockey Writers, fellow colleague of mine, who contributes at the uh, Canuck Way, uh, fan-sided, and is the host of the Canucks Pucks podcast. Uh, so, Matthew, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. All right, so let's start this. Okay, so we all know that Alexi Lafreniere is going to be the number one pick. And he's going to go to the Rangers, and they're going to have a very, very good top six. But what do you think the Kings will do at number two? Because I think it's between two guys. I think it's between Tim Stutzel and Quentin Byfield. What do you think? I mean, it's it's a great position for them to have. I mean, both of them are going to be great centermen in the NHL. They're going to be franchise guys. And, I mean, they already – L.A. already has Turcotte, who they got last uh, draft. I mean – you know, they really can't go wrong with either of them. I think Quentin Byfield is probably going to be the guy, but, I mean, uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, either of them is, is going to make a huge impact on that uh, franchise. I agree. Uh, I think that this is a prime spot for them. As you mentioned, they got Turcotte last year. They already have a great farm system uh, yeah. pretty much any way you look at it. I mean, Gabriel Velarde's in there. There's a lot of guys there, and the Kings are in a great spot. I think that – uh, I think the safer pick is Byfield at two, but mm-hmm. I think that Stutzel has more upside at the NHL level because of his dynamic uh, playmaking ability. And I think that, uh, you know, Byfield, if he uses his size more, which I know has been a something that a lot of people have said, if he uses his size more to his advantage, he just becomes that much better. So the Kings are in a great spot. Then you go to three and you look at the Ottawa Senators who have number three and number five. I'm assuming whoever the Kings don't take at two, the Senators will grab at three. But then at five, could they go with a winger like Lucas Raymond or Jamie Drysdale? I mean, Drysdale is the best defenseman in this class by a lot. Could the Senators grab him or do they go with a center and a wing at three and five? I mean, again, just like the Kings, the centers are in a, a huge spot. I mean, they didn't win the lottery at all. I mean, but, you know, getting Byfield or Stutzel, I mean, they're they're going to be in a good spot there. And they already have Thomas Shabbat on defense. And adding a guy like Jamie Drysdale would just would just be crazy as well. And Lucas Raymond is also a great uh, find as well to get. So, I mean, I mean either way, the, King, the Senators are going to get – two great players at three and five. Yeah, they absolutely are. And, uh, you know, you look at their defensive prospect, they have Eric Branstrom who's coming up, an offensive defenseman in the Mark Stone deal. But, uh, I mean, the the Senators are in a great spot. Then you go to number four, you look at the Red Wings, a team 
that has now been taken over by Steve Eiserman. And it's unfortunate with how bad they were that they didn't win the lottery. They end up at yeah, four. Right. Yeah, it's just brutal. But Eiserman's uh, a guy who surprises people with his draft picks. He took yeah. uh, Cider, Maurice Sider at number six last year, a uh, 6'4 German defenseman who had 22 points in 49 games um, in Grand Rapids in the AHL last year. So he looks like he could be something. And number four, I think he's going to surprise people because I think – you look at what he could do. Could he actually surprise people and take Yaroslav Eskarov, the best goaltender in this draft, oh. or could he go with a, like a Perfetti, someone that we don't expect to get into the top five, could get in the top five? I think Eiserman's going to do that. What do you think? I'm I'm with you. I mean, we were we were so surprised when he picked Sider last uh, draft, and I mean, everyone's kind of scrambling around who is this guy, I and mean, he wasn't supposed to be that high, and. I think he's, yeah, like you said, I think he's going to probably do something similar. And uh, that's a great point. I mean, Astorov could be a guy they go with because goaltending is something that Red Wings need a lot of. I mean, they're losing veteran and Howard, and then they don't really have a lot of depth in the prospect pool there. So, yeah, that's a good point. I think he may actually surprise him and get a goaltender there. Well, if you look at the NHL mock draft, on thehockeywriters.com, where we both write. And what we saw with the staff mock draft at number four, uh, the writers for the Red Wings, I believe, uh, who did this, they have Marco Rossi from the Ottawa 67s Mm. going there. So, I mean, I I think that he's going to take somebody that we don't expect him to take. And I think that's that's a good bet. That's a safe bet. And um, on to number six, because we did cover Ottawa at five. And you look at... What the Ducks have at six, they took Trevor Zagras at number nine last year. I think it's between Perfetti and Drysdale, depending on if both of those guys are there. I think they go between those two. Uh, On the uh, Hockey Riders mock draft, it is Alexander Holtz, uh, the pick there from them. So what do you think about the uh, Ducks at six? I mean, the Ducks need a lot, need offense and, you know, and their prospects and, you know, and the Getzlaff getting older they need someone to kind of step in and I think they go they do go with a forward here and their defense I mean Drysdale's a great great pick too and for their defense I mean again they they do need in both their defense and their forwards but I think they go goal scoring there and, and going with a guy like like Perfetti there I would agree. I think that uh, forwards will be a priority for the Ducks in this draft. Let's go to seven. Uh, the Devils, number one picks in two of the last three years. They took Nico Heeshear in 2017. They take Jack Hughes last year in 2019. They're at seven here. Uh, a lot of people have been mocking Lucas Raymond or Jamie Drysdale once again, if either of them is available at seven. You look at the uh, – what the Devils have done, I think they're set at center. They have their top two centermen for hopefully for them uh, at least a decade or so with Hughes and Heashier. But you look at the wings, they trade Taylor Hall. Um, they're going to have to figure something out on the wing. So I think it's pretty much a guarantee that they either go with a winger or a defenseman here at number seven, unless there's a shocking center that falls down there. Yeah, I, I agree totally. And, you know, you look at their defense and it's kind of a mess. And I think for their prospects, I think they do – and they either go with a defense or a winger because their center is pretty much set uh, for the next few, you know, probably next decade, you can think about it. So I think they do go with a, with a wing or a defense for sure. Then you go to number eight where the Buffalo Sabres are. Uh, they took Dylan Cousins at number seven last year in 2019. 
And um, you look at their spot, they bring in Eric Stahl, a veteran centerman in the one-for-one uh, one trade with Minnesota. Uh, they, they look to be set with Jack Eichel down the middle if he's going to be there. They have Cousins coming up, as I mentioned, their pick from last year. Uh, I've seen people going with Anton Lundell or Connor Zary in this spot. I think it could be one of those two guys, but I think there's going to be someone that falls, and that could be a, a player that falls into the Sabres' lap at number eight. What do you think? I think that's true. I mean, you know, you look at uh, Alexander Holtz is, is a guy that's probably going to go in the top five or six, but again, it depends on what teams do. Like Detroit picks Cider, and that screwed, you know, that changed everything in that draft. And that could happen again, where a team just kind of comes out of nowhere and picks a guy that no one would think would be that high. And that's where guys start falling. So that could happen. But yeah, I, I think, you know, you're looking at Zari or Lundell. I think both of those guys could uh, be, we you know one of those guys will go to the Sabres. All right, let's go to number nine, which is where the Minnesota wild are. And they took Matthew Boldy last year, a winger, at number 12. And they just traded Eric Stahl, as I mentioned. Um, they could try to add another future number one center, which could be someone like Connor Zary. I saw Anton Lundell mocked in the THW mock. Uh, what do you think about Minnesota's spot at number nine? I mean, Minnesota's a – I mean, they're, they're, they need help in their forward group, I think. I don't – they're not going for defensemen. They're pretty much set on defense for a while. I think they need to go to a – increase their forward depth so and they do have boldy coming up they do have uh you know some top prospects coming in in the next couple of years too so but i think they do go with the forward uh and center is a big need for them when you know miko koi was gone now and there's not really anyone that can kind of step into in there so i think they do go with a guy like zary in that spot so we go to number 10, and this is a team that's very much talked about, the Patrick Line rumors. Uh, this will be their first top 10 pick since 2016 when they took Line A at number two. I'm assuming they'll just sit there and kind of look at the best player available. I know Seth Jarvis is mocked on THW to them, but uh, maybe someone like Perfetti could fall, or you see someone like uh, Rodion Amirov or Jack Quinn or Jake Sanderson. Someone like that I think would make sense to number two. And you look at the Jets – they desperately need a number two center. Now, I think they need to get that quicker than what a a player in this draft could develop. But uh, what do you think the Jets do at number 10? Well, I mean, I was the one that uh, mocked the Jets in that uh, draft. And, you know, thinking back on it, it's – I think they do – they definitely need a a number two center. But like you said, you know, Jarvis, a guy like Jarvis isn't going to come in very soon to make that impact. But – I mean, for a defense, for a defenseman, like they have some pick of the litter there on some great offensive defensemen like Amarov and Sanderson may come down that far. So I think they'd be their defense needs some guys as well. So I think going for a guy like Amarov would be a good uh, pick for them. All right, on to the Nashville Predators, who usually don't have a spot like this. This is their first top 12 pick since they took Kevin Fiala in 2014 at number 11. Uh, I think that they're going to kind of have a similar approach to Winnipeg and kind of go best player available, see what we have on our board. What do we think we can take? Uh, Cause Nashville, I think that their cup window is closing quickly and they got maybe a year or two on that because you, they have a lot of forwards who are kind of in their prime now in a couple of years from now, what are they going to look like? Obviously we know how good their defense is. They have a lot of players there. 
Uh, Jack Quinn is the player mocked on Nashville. What do you think about the uh, Predators? I mean, the Predators, like you said, they're they're in a not very familiar position here because they don't usually pick this high, and uh, it's it's going to be interesting. I think I think they do go with the best player available when they get down there, and because. Uh, a lot of their, I mean, I don't think they go for defensemen. Their defense is pretty strong, and uh, they're always a strong defense team. But, again, they're another team that could surprise and pick a defenseman. But I think they do go with the best player available, whoever is there. And I don't know if there's a specific player I'd pick right now, but I think I think just go whoever's the best. All right, let's move to number 12. I think it's safe to say that uh, Askarov will not be going to the Panthers as they have a massive contract with Sergei Bobrovsky and then drafted Spencer Knight in the first round last year. This is the first draft for uh, general manager Bill Zito, who was hired on September 2nd. Uh, I'm not so sure what the Panthers will do. Their defense, they could use some guys. Because you look at it right now, Ekblad is not really turning out to be the number one pick that he was in 2014. But he's he's still good, and Keith Yandel's good. But uh, they, they have a good farm system overall. It's not terrible. They got some guys coming up. We know that. But uh, Jake Sanderson is the guy mocked on THW. What do you think about the Panthers here at uh, at number 12? Well, I mean, the Panthers, they're – yeah, their defense is kind of – it's a very top-heavy with their with money right now. So, I mean, there's been talk about move, them moving out some guys. But there are a different a different type of team, I think, in their prospect pool because a lot of their forwards – there's not a lot there for guys coming up. But I think, I think again, there may be another team that just goes for best player available at that point because there is some great, great guys in that range. So, I think, you know, even a guy like Sanderson getting – because they just traded Matheson away. And I, I think they do. I think ultimately they probably will go for defensemen because they, they do need some depth there. And like you said, with Ekblad, not panning out as much as what he was supposed to be a franchise defenseman. I think they go for defense. Yeah. That uh, Patrick Hornfist deal uh, yeah. to Florida was very weird. Very weird. Good, yeah, exactly. good uh, for Florida, I think. But um Let's go to the Hurricanes at 13, and they're probably the first team that can look at taking uh, Yaroslav Askarov, the uh, goaltender from Russia. Uh, I think unless a team like maybe Minnesota could surprise us, we saw them trade Dubnik, they're looking for a top guy now. Um, and who knows when Askarov's ready. It could be a couple of years. But, uh, I mean, I think the Hurricanes will be the team that takes – Askarov. And you look at this pick 13, great spot. They got it from Toronto in the uh, Patrick Marlowe deal, I believe it was, that yeah. uh, they bought him out. So I think that they will take the Russian goaltender Askarov. What do you think about Carolina? I think I think that's right. I, I agree with you. I think uh, with Askarov, I think Carolina's probably the team that'll get him because they're, they're goaltending. Uh, I did an article on their goaltending not that long ago, and their depth is just not – as strong. I think they do need a goaltender like Askarov in their pipeline. So I think, I think they do go for him if he's available, that is, because there could be a team that could take him before. All right. The Oilers, number 14, usually the Oilers picking in the top 10, not the case this year. Uh, they need a lot of help defensively. They also need forwards. They need players in their bottom six. They need guys, they need uh, competent wingers next to McDavid and Dreisaitl. They have, I mean, Yamamoto was great, and Nugent Hopkins stepped in and uh, was was solid as well. But they took defenseman Philip Broberg last year in the first round. Will they take a defenseman 
um, do you think at number 14? I think they do need defense. And I've said this for many years that Edmonton Oilers aren't going anywhere unless they fix their defense and actually bring, and they do have some, some good pieces and, you know, with Broberg uh, coming up and, you know, guys like that. And I, I think they do need to go for a defenseman here. Uh, it depends on who's available at that point. Cause there are some great forwards and great wingers kind of, you got Dawson Mercer, you got Jan Mysak, uh in there. So I think, they wouldn't be it wouldn't be horrible to go for a winger but i think they go they should go for defensemen to keep rebuilding that that part of their team because they need defense if they're going to be able to especially puck moving defensemen if they're going to move forward yeah and you look at the oilers situation going into next season oscar Clefbaum is likely to miss a lot of time and yeah. that's a problem. And then you look at the fact they have $8 million in cap space. They make a couple more moves, get some more money. I could see them being a team that looks at a top defenseman in the market, whether that's Alex Petrangelo or Tori Krug. Uh, but I think Petrangelo would fit them much better being the two-way guy that he is. But uh, yeah. let's go to number 15, another Canadian team that needs defense, and that is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, th- there's been a lot made about the need for better defensemen for the Maple Leafs being the way that the media is for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, I mean, they do have young guys. I mean, Rasmus Sandin, Travis Dermott, those guys are solid players. They could use a two-way guy. They could use a Morgan Riley type in this draft. Do you think that they will try to get that? And I know the mock draft at 15 has Braden Schneider uh, from the Brandon Wheat Kings and the WHL going there. What do you think about Toronto at 15? I think, I think they do. They should, again, just like the Emerson Oilers, I think they need to have, you know, rebuild their defense because again, they're, they're another high powered top heavy forward team. Then their defense kind of, you know, lets them down a lot. I think they do need that defender. That's, I mean, they're not going to get a franchise defenseman down here. Not at all, but you know, going for a guy like, I, I think Caden Gooley is a guy they should go for um, at that point. Cause I mean, he is a little lower down, but I think he's a defenseman that, that could fit that two-way mold. I agree 100% on that. Uh, Let's go to 16, the Montreal Canadiens, a team that many were surprised. They take down Pittsburgh in the round robin, or not the round robin, the qualifying round, and then they uh, put up a fight against the Flyers. Uh, They're they're building up a mix of veterans and young stars. Their defense has some veterans, uh, Shea Weber, Jeff Petrie. Petrie just signed an extension. I don't know what the uh, Canadians will look to do here, but it's 16. Uh, I mean, they're in the middle middle of the first round. Could they get a guy that falls, maybe a Connor Zary or someone like that? What do you think about the uh, Habs at 16? I mean, they, they do – they did have a, a surprising run there in the playoffs, and some of the guys like, uh, you know, Kotkaniemi and, uh, you know, guys like that and Suzuki, they were both having – you know, they're, they're two forwards that could, you know, build their centerman down the, down the middle there. And I don't think they need to go for a center. I think they, they may be going for a wing. Um, I think defense is another, another team that needs some defensemen because their best defenseman is Shea Weber. He's an older defenseman. So I think they, if there is a good defenseman down there, I think they go for him. Uh, but again, they, they, they can go for wingers as well. And we'll see what happens. I think they're another interesting case. And there's not really a guy that you can pick and be for sure that they're going to get. 
Yeah, you look at the defensemen coming up for the Canadians. You have uh, Romanov. You have Victor Mete, still young. Juleson. They have some guys, but they could definitely work on building that up. Uh, let's go to the Blackhawks at 17. Another team that surprised a little bit, beating the Oilers in the qualifying round, then getting uh, wiped off the map by Vegas, which everyone yeah. expected, and that's just the yeah. way it goes. Uh, they took Kirby Dock at number three, which was a surprise because they didn't go with the native of Illinois, which was Alex Turcott. Um, and then could they get a nice winger down the road to put next to Kirby Doc? Maybe try to recreate some magic that they have, that they had, and still kind of have with uh, Taves and Kane. Could they get a winger such as a Noel Gunler um, at mm-hmm. seventeen to go next to Doc down the road? I think so. I mean, Kirby Doc is that guy that it was surprising them going for him because I really. I remember back in that last draft, I, I was really sure that they were going to go for Turcotte and they didn't. And yeah, I think they go for a winger to kind of partner with him. Um, I mean, Kubalik really surprised everyone with his rookie season. Um, and I don't think anyone expected that. But a guy like, yeah, like Gundler or I mean, even a guy like Dawson Mercer uh, or could be a fit in, uh, in Chicago. I, I think they do go for a winger though. Yeah, and I mean, Kirby Doc was probably the best overall player in 2019-20 from that draft. Uh, Hughes yeah. and Kako were pretty up and down. Kako came on towards the end of the season, looked great. But uh, Doc had a f- fantastic rookie season for what people expected in Chicago last year. Uh, the Devils up again at 18. This is a uh, the pick they got in the Taylor Hall trade. Uh, the Hockey Writers Mock has Maverick Bork going there the center from the uh Shawinigan cataracts in the QMJHL what do you think about Maverick Bork and could he go to the Devils and kind of what the Devils will look at their approach wise at 18 I mean the Devils again I we were saying about their defense and it's kind of a mess I think I think they do go for you know down getting further down in the draft I think they do go for another I mean forwards is another team you know, they get they lost Hall. Um, I like it, it's interesting with them again. They got a couple uh, first round picks, but I think they should go for a defenseman now um, to kind of start building that up again. And I mean, there's some good defensemen down there. You got Schneider, Yermo, Rourke, uh, Gooley. I think they go for one of those guys. Uh, let's go to 19. The Calgary Flames. Uh... I mean, the, the Hockey Writers Mock has Dylan Holloway, the uh, forward from the University of Wisconsin, and I think that he could be an absolute steal at 19 if he falls because he's kind of been falling down boards recently. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Holloway at 19 for the Flames if that happens? Yeah, Holloway is, has kind of dropped, uh, dropped down those rankings, and he was pretty high before. I think, I think they do get it. If they do pick Holloway, that's a pretty big steal. Um, for any team that kind of uh, does pick him. Um, but he does kind of fit that uh, Flames style of play. So I, I really think that they probably will pick him if he's available. At it. All right, let's go to number 20, and the Devils are up again. So <laughs> this pick is from Vancouver, which was from uh, Vancouver to Tampa for JT Miller, which that worked out for the Canucks, we think. Um, and then from Tampa to New Jersey for Blake Coleman, which worked out for Tampa. So this pick yeah. has good luck thus far. Could it uh, be a good one again? Because you look at the Devils, three picks in the first round. This is another one. This uh, The Hockey Writers Mock has Lucas Reichel 
going there, making uh, for two forwards and a defenseman in their mock. Uh, what do you think about the Devils once again up at 20? <laughs> um, personally, I think they're moving this pick um, before they pick it. But, I mean, if they do keep it, I think they do – they go back to getting forwards because I think they still need that depth, that wing. I mean, their centerman's pretty set, like we said before. I think they still go for wingers. But like I said, I think they're moving this pick for something uh, that can help them right now. I would agree. I think that it's uh, more likely that they move one of their three picks, and this would probably be the one over uh, making all three picks. Let's go to 21, the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they have a chance to kind of get very talented prospects at 21 uh, because there's obviously going to be a guy that falls, whether it's a Hendricks LaPierre or – Dawson Mercer or someone like that, the uh, hockey writers mock with Dawson Mercer going there at 21. What do you think about Columbus's situation? I mean, Columbus is, again, they're, they're a team that's they could pick. Up, you know, they got great defense in their uh, depth. I think they're going for a forward here. Um, you know, yeah, like you said, there could be guys that can drop down like, uh, like Dawson Mercer, like, uh, you know, guys like that. But there's some skill down at this point in the draft. I think they go for a skilled guy to kind of pair with uh, with what they have already. Um, but, yeah, I think they're going for a forward here, not, not a defense. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the uh, situation for Columbus, their goaltending, seem, they seem to have some young goaltenders in the system. You look at what Merzlikens did last year in Corpus Allo, yeah. 25 years old. And then if you anyone building a defense around Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski, I think they're set. So they could yeah, definitely right. use some forwards. And they've been heavily involved in the rumors about Patrick Laine. So that could spice up over the next couple of days, see what happens there. But um, – Let's go to number 22 where the Rangers are. Now, could the Rangers trade this pick? I'm sure it's possible because, you know, uh, they could probably use a nice D-man, get a veteran defenseman via trade if they move 22. They got this uh, this pick in the Brady Shea deal, I believe it was, from Carolina. Yeah. And so everyone knows they're taking Lafreniere at number one. What can they do at number 22? Because a lot of people know the Rangers have one of the best, if not the best, farm system in the entire league. Oh, yeah. I mean, they just keep getting better with that. and. I think they do, again, just like the Devils, I think they're moving this pick for something that can help them right now because they do have a strong prospect pool. I don't think they, they're big on, you know, we need to really add anything. I think, I think they do move this. But if they do keep it, I think, again, they go for defense. Um, their forwards are pretty much, especially with prospects, their forwards are pretty good. Um, but going for a defenseman, because there's quite a few, again, in that range. But... I think ultimately they're moving this for something that can help them right now with uh, with what they're doing. The Flyers are at number 23. The Flyers, a team that played very well in the round robin um, against Boston, Tampa, and Washington. And then they move on. They take care of the um, of the Canadians, but then they kind of run into a buzzsaw with the Islanders. Now you look at the situation for Philadelphia, they're – Core of forwards are aging a little bit. Uh, Giroux, yeah. Voracek, Couturier winning the Selkie this year, tremendous two-way forward. They seem to have a lot coming up defensively. I mean, you look at the, the key of their defense right now, Ivan Provorov looks good. I know uh, Niskanen retiring today, see what uh, they do with that. Justin Braun sticking around. And then goaltending, I mean, Carter Hart's going to be the guy for years. Franchise goaltender there 
We know that. Could they look at kind of uh, going with a boomer bust guy or maybe moving the pick? I mean, a boomer bust guy is probably Hendrix LaPierre with the concerns of number one, he's very talented. Number two, he's got a concussion history and injury history. What do you think the Flyers could look at at number 23? Yeah, they're, again, their, de- their defense is, is an interesting case that, with how much, but like you said, their forwards are, are aging as well. And, you know, it depends on what happens with everything at the top because guys could fall down and and the Flyers could, you know, benefit from that. But uh, like Henry Lapierre, uh, like you said, he, he he's very talented, but with with that concussion issues, it's it's something that's always going to be a concern, especially with with a guy that young getting him. So I think the Flyers probably go for a forward because out of the fact that some of their top guys are aging, they need to start replacing them with some top prospects. So I think they, if they don't move the pick, I think they're going for a forward. Similar team a little bit in terms of what they could do strategically in the draft. That's the Colorado Avalanche who are at number 24. And the Avalanche cup window is now. They have yes, a yeah. superstar Second best player in the league, probably by McDavid and Nathan McKinnon. They have Miko Rantanen, who's still young, and Gabriel Landeskog, who's 27 years old or whatever. Uh, the captain is another superstar winger. Their second line uh, with Nazem Kadri at the center position has been good. Uh, their forward group is pretty good. They got some um, some tough guys in the bottom six as well. And then their defense, you, you build around Kale McCarr. He's going to be a star. I mean, uh very good situation for the Avalanche, but one concern a little bit might be goaltending. Now, I don't think that they're going to address goaltending heavily in this draft. Grubauer was pretty good when he did play. So, uh, what do you think about the Avalanche at number twenty-four? I mean, the Avs are again they're they're very talented. Their cup window is now. I don't think they're they're really hugely worried about their prospect depth. They've got some good young pieces in their prospect pool too, and. I think they do go with just some boomer bust type guys that, you know, could have, you know, could hit hard and, or may not. So there are a lot of guys down in that, that bottom half of the draft and into the second round that are going to be good NHL players. So I think they're not going to go wrong with any of the guys they pick. Um, but again, with goaltending, I, there's no real goaltenders at this point. So I don't think they're picking, they're going to be, you know, pushing up on that, but, I think they they may just go with the best player and and see how it goes. Number 25, the Washington Capitals winning the Cup in 2018, back-to-back first-round exits uh, to the Hurricanes in 19 and the Islanders in 20. So they lost to two teams that made uh, decent runs, we'll say, uh, both to the conference final in each year. But, um, you know, their core's aging. They won their cup. That's great. Ovechkin is obviously in his 30s now. Backstrom's in his 30s. Oshie's in his 30s. Uh, the future is really Jacob Vrana. Evgeny Kuznetsov's not too old. I mean, they, they got guys uh, in the top six portion. Their defense is a little bit of a question five years down the road. But uh, could they go with a guy like Jacob Perot, who is mocked on the hockey writers, said to have one of the most lethal shots in this draft? What do you think about the Capitals? Yeah, the Capitals, they're, they are aging their forward group a bit. I mean, there's still some young guys up there, but uh, their depth on, you know, with forwards, I think they do need, they need someone that can replace. But, I mean, Jacob Perot is, would be a little bit of a stretch, and especially when you look at, he's kind of put into the second round in some uh, rankings, and 
I don't, I don't know. I, I think they go with a forward. I mean, their defense is kind of a, a bit, you know, suspect as well. And there are a lot of defensemen at this point. So, you know, going for a guy like, again, like, like Gooley, like O'Rourke, you know, guys like that. I think they could go for, for someone as well in the defense portion. All right. So let's go to 26. My team that I cover the St. Louis blues, uh, you know, losing in the first round of Vancouver, your team props on that one. Um, <laughs> but according to the guy who covers with me, of course, Stephen ground of the hockey writers.com, uh, he says they need right-handed defense goal scoring wingers and centers in this draft. Now in our mock, we went with Ryan O'Rourke. And this is a player that I love in this spot at 26. I know a lot of people think he's kind of a mid-second round guy possibly. Uh, I just think that he could be that next guy that's a leader for your team and a top four defenseman that's going to be a stud of a player. And it's not because his name is Ryan O. I know we have Ryan O'Reilly. Let's get Ryan O'Rourke. Why not? What do you think uh, the Blues are 26? I I like Ryan O'Rourke too. I, he's a very – I think he's going to go in the first round. Um, you know, he is set in the second as well, but uh, I think he's going in that, in that round, but yeah, I, I think the blues do go for a defense I and mean, they're going to probably lose Petrangelo in free agency. Uh, you know, they are, they do need some young defense to come up and O'Rourke does kind of fit that blues type style of game. So I, I think, I think he does, if he's available, I think the blues would be a very good to go for him. Definitely. Uh, let's go to the Ducks at 27. Their second pick of the draft. They got this pick in the Andre Kasha deal from the Boston Bruins uh, in the earlier portion of the THW mock where the Ducks were at um, number six. They had the Anaheim Ducks going with Alexander Holtz. Now, could they go defenseman with Jeremy Poirier at uh, 27? That's possible. Uh, what do you think about the uh, Ducks and their spot here at 27? I like Poirier with uh, with the Ducks. I mean, I, I think he's another defenseman that's going to surprise a lot of people. And with his offense, and the Ducks do need that defense um, down the road because. But again, like you said before, they do need forwards. But I think they're going to go for that high end forward, you know, higher up in the draft. But this is where you go for that defenseman because there are. I've said this a few times. There are a lot of good defensemen down uh, at this point. I think they wouldn't go wrong going for a guy with um, with that offensive skill like Poirier does. All right, the Ottawa Senators are back at 28, so they have, they have 3, 5, and 28. They got the 28th pick in the uh, John Gabriel Pajot deal at the deadline. Um, they are likely to take the second-best center in the draft, or the best, depending on who you, who you talk to, with Stutzler Byfield at three. Who knows what they do at five? They could go another forward, get a winger in there, or go with Drysdale defenseman. At 28, uh, on the THW mock, they have Helgi Granz from the Malmo Redhawks, the uh, SHL, going there. I like this player a lot. What do you think about the Sins at 28? I love Granz as well. I, and uh, when I did the, the piece on the top Swedes that are in this draft, and Emil Andre and Hells Granz, I mean, they're both guys that are going to be uh, studs in this league. They're both they could go into the second round. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're one of them is at least going to go in the first round because of their offensive skill and, you know, the ability to push the pace. Cause that's what the NHL is right now. They, you need defense that can push that, you know, push the pace up the ice. And yeah, I think, I think they, they wouldn't go wrong going for a guy like him. 
All right, let's go to the Vegas Golden Knights at 29. Uh, they got some guys coming up through the system, but they could, you know, maybe boost their system a little bit more uh, going into the future. Uh, they have a lot of studs in their forward group and their defense. You look at Shea Theodore, Nate Schmidt. They got guys, Riley Smith, Jonathan Marchessault, Mark Stone. They got a lot of guys. And their goal yeah. set for at least five years with Robin Leonard getting a deal. He's a stud. We all know that. Now, what could they do at 29? Now, I know some would say that Jan Mysik is a THW favorite of some folks. Uh, what okay. do you think about him at 29 if he does end up going to Vegas? I, I think Mysik's going way earlier than 29, so I, I think he's he's going to – like you said, the Vegas the, – the Knights have a lot of good players uh, coming up and – I, I don't know. I'm not sure what they're going to do. I mean, they could, again, be a, a team that moves this pick and uh, and tries to, you know, get something uh, to, to work with now. But I, I think if they do go for a guy, I think it's going to be in that, uh, you know, Gundler could be around there. I, I don't know. I, it's going to be an interesting case for them as well. It gets to be a little bit of a interesting when it gets to this point in the draft, because it's later, it could, you know, they most like it could be even a second round pick at this point. But uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting to watch uh, when Vegas picks. All right. Number 30, the Dallas stars, the team that won the Clarence Campbell cup and lost in six games, the Stanley cup final to the Tampa Bay lightning. Uh, you know, Jake neighbors is a guy that I've seen on multiple box for Dallas. Uh, what do you think about the stars? I mean, we know their defense, they have studs on the back end. That's their MO. That's the way they play Klingberg, Haskinen, uh, Lindell. They have guys there. Now their forward group, their best players. I don't know, Pavelski and Perry are still their, you know, our best players. They're not, but they're older players. Jamie Ben's getting up there. Sagan is, you know, aging a little bit. Uh, they have some studs, you know, forward-wise with Gurionov and R- Rope Hens. They got guys, but what do you think about the Stars at 30? Yeah, they, they do have some good good pieces in both their defense and their forwards. And uh, their goaltending is an interesting case. I think they're going to be going for a goalie at some point in this draft. But, again, at this point, there's not any – you know, even second round pick goaltenders that they could go with. It would kind of be a waste of a pick. So I think they do go for a forward here. Uh, there is quite a few different uh, types of forwards. I mean, neighbors is, could be a second round pick. Uh, there's a lot of rankings that have them in the second round. So I think they do go for a forward. There are quite a few to pick from. I mean, Simon Tyvall's in around there and, uh, you know, passion. I, I think there's guys that, that they could go with. And that could bolster their forward group. I think they do go for a forward, though. All right, final pick of the first round, the San Jose Sharks, who, let's be honest, uh, didn't work out for them well at the beginning of this draft because Eric Carlson trade, Ottawa gets their pick this year, and it's a good pick. And uh, that's a tough one. But they have this 31st overall pick that they got in the Barclay-Goodrow trade from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, I've seen on the Hockey Riders mock Brendan Brisson, uh, a centerman from the Chicago Steel of the USHL, is the choice. What do you think about the Sharks at 31? Yeah, the Sharks got back into the first round because uh, I, you know, I thought they weren't going to have a first round pick, and then they made that deal for uh, you know with Tampa Bay, and they got that first round pick back. So I, I think again, they're they're a team that's in transition. They got a lot of pieces that are moving around, veterans. And guys that aren't going to be able to replace that, those top line type 
minutes. I don't know if they're going to get a guy like that at this point that's a surefire top six forward. But I think they do go for a forward um, at this point, and there are quite a few to choose from uh, for them. All right, let's move on. Uh, some other stuff. Make sure you check out uh, Larry Fisher's final draft rankings on the hockeywriters.com as well as Josh Bell's 2020 NHL entry draft guide. Make sure you check those two things out, everybody listening uh, to do so. Let's get a couple questions and we'll do a little bit of a rapid fire, then talk a little free agency, and then that'll be, that'll be that. Uh, how does this class, in terms of the top three, stack up with last year? So last year you have Hughes, Kako, Doc. This year you're likely to have Lafreniere, Byfield, Stutzel. What do you think about those three from 2019 versus the three now from 2020? What do you think is better? I think 2020. Um, I mean, you look at the top three, Lafreniere is a generational type player um, and, and Byfield's like that prototypical number one center that every team has to draft and not, you can't trade for, you can't sign in free agency. And Stutzel is probably pretty close to that as well. I think those top three is, is a, bit better than 2019 in my opinion i would agree because you look at it you know hughes is an elite center likely for years to come kako's an elite winger and then you have doc is a top six to an elite uh center of some sort and then this year you just have a franchise caliber winger with two elite centers it's just uh it's it's not it's kind of close, I guess, but this year just yeah. the potential is just off the charts with those three guys, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how they play and how they end up, what situations they end up in. And I think the situation for Lafreniere is going to be pretty good because he's either yeah. going to be playing with Mika Zibanejad or possibly if Ryan Strom returns to New York, he'd be playing with him. He's going to be playing next to a good center next year pretty much no matter what. So uh, good situation for him as well. But uh, – you cover the Canucks, Canucks fan. What do you think the Canucks will do? I know there's rumors that they want to move and get a second-round pick. Could they do that by moving Jake Vertanen? Uh, they have the 81st, 112th, 143rd, 174th, and 190th picks in this draft. What do you think about the Canucks? Well, I, I just dropped a, a pra- draft preview for the Canucks uh, this morning, so it's, it's pretty fresh in my mind. And I think the Canucks do, I hope, get – uh, you know, at least into the second round uh, with this. And But even if they don't, they, there's some good, good players in that third round and beyond. And they do need uh, centermen in their prospect pool because they you know, trading away Tyler Madden and that Tyler Toffoli deal. And uh, now they don't really have much depth at prospect for center. Uh, they do need some more puck-moving defensemen uh, because the Canucks play that type of, you know, they push the pace, play that speed. Uh, game and they do got a lot of franchise you know that those types of forwards like Pedersen and uh, you know coming up there's some guys too like Hoglander and Claude Colson they're going to need defensemen that can push the pace and move the puck up to them so I think they should go for puck moving defensemen and uh, centermen but I really hope that they can get into the second round with some type of trade because uh, there's so many good players in that first and second rounds that it'd be kind of a shame the Canucks aren't be able to get a guy there should be interesting. Uh, let's do a rapid-fire five in the draft. Who ends up being the best player out of this draft? Now, I know it's hard not to say Lafreniere, but uh, who do you think ends up being the best player out of this draft? I'm, I'm going with Stitzel. I, I, I'm really impressed with that guy. I think he's going to, at the end of it all, I think he's going to be that guy, um, the best out of here. And it's going to be close, but I think he's, he's the guy. 
Yeah, I, I would probably just go with Lafreniere for the safe pick because we know he's going to be on the Rangers and he's going to be playing with stars. I just think that he could end up being just a point machine there. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, let's uh, go to this one. I think this is kind of obvious, but do you think that Askarov is far and away the best goaltender in this draft as a prospect and 10 years down the road? I I have to agree. And uh, you look at the last time a goaltender was drafted in the first round was Carey Price, and he turned out to be pretty good. So uh, I think he's around that type of caliber goaltender. And I think he's going to, he is definitely the best goaltender in this draft. And we're going to look back at this and, and be like, yeah, this, this guy was, it was very true that uh, he's a type franchise type goaltender uh, here. Uh, let's do, who do you think can be, can you name one guy that you think could be a mid to late round steal in this draft? I'm, I'm going with a guy that Josh Bell kind of featured in his uh, steal art is uh, Xavier Simino And, uh, He's already off to a, a crazy hot start in the season that just started. He's already had like five points in two games or something like that. So, uh, and he's supposed to be in the sixth, seventh round. And it's interesting to see him be down that low uh, with the tools, you know, the tools that he has. So I think he's going to be a steal for whoever gets him there. I'm going to go back to a piece that I wrote in May uh, about five fourth round targets for the Blues. And I'm going to go with Alexander Nikishin defenseman from the Mar- Moscow Spartak in the KHL, 24th EU player, 102nd on THW at the time. I just think he's going to be a stud. Six foot, 396 pounds, left-handed shot, already playing against men in the KHL. Uh, there's a, a, a quote I got from a scout on him. His passing ability is as good as could be, his specialty being the backhand saucer. He's great at drawing the opposition in with a fake shot or deke and then making a simple pass to a now open teammate. He doesn't make a lot of breakout passes, but that's because he's usually the one skating the puck out of the zone. So I really like uh, Nikishin, and I hope that the Blues can find a way to get him or that a team that uses him well can get him. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Uh, who are the best defenseman in this draft out of Jamie outside of Jamie Drysdale I I mean I I'm a big fan of uh of Bully. I mean I'm looking at him and he's such a good great two-way guy that uh I think he's he is lower down in rankings but he's gonna I think he's gonna be a surprise coming out of this draft uh, at the end of it all uh be that reliable two-way guy that you can re- you know put him in any any position and uh, he's gonna succeed so a guy like that, Sanderson's another guy for me, and and Gundler, I think, is another. Those three for me, I think, are going to come out of this draft as being surprises. I agree. I also really like uh, Brendan Schneider. I know I don't think anyone's going to – I think he's probably a late first, early second. I don't think he's going to be a mid-middle-of-the-first-round guy. Uh, and then I also like Ryan O'Rourke uh, from the Salt St. Greyhounds. Uh, last of the rapid fire would be, will this end up being – a franchise-changing draft for the Ottawa Senators. They're already building something. We know this. They have number three, number five, and another pick in the 20s. Will this end up being that draft for Ottawa? Uh, it's hard to disagree because, you know, they're getting at least two type, you know, guys that could change a franchise uh, in the top five there. And and then they have another guy they could draft later on and there's so many first round picks and they could even move one to change you know change the look of the franchise too so yeah it's going to be a definite thing especially with the guys they could pick uh, unless they screw it up somehow I think this is something that'll change their franchise for the better 
All right, and beginning on Friday is the free agency period. It's going to be fun. It's going to be wild. There's going to be a lot of things that we don't expect happening. Uh, in terms of the Canucks, what do you think that they will do in free agency period? Uh, there's a lot. There's not as much talk about free agency right now. There's a lot about trades, and uh, it's going to be interesting what Jim Benning does with the trade, you know, with the uh, Ekman Larson rumors uh, floating around, and uh, he was talking in his press conference this morning about uh, about certain things he's going to try to do. He's going to try to get into the second round, um, potentially the first. I don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, for free agency wise. He said in the past he's not going to make any moves because he thinks that the team is kind of set. But it's kind of hard to, you know, believe some GMs at this point of the year because it, it's all it depends on what guys, you know, again, there's been talk about Petrangelo around and, uh, you know, trying to sign him. And there's no cap space for the Canucks right now. I don't know how, what they can do in free agency. I think they maybe go in the, the bargain bin a bit. Uh, with certain guys, I think they do need to get a, a third line center. Um, you know, Goddard we have here, but I don't think he's ready to be that that type of third line center yet. I think they should go for someone. It's going to be interesting to see what the Canucks do. Well, I think a guy that could make sense for Vancouver defensively if they don't land Ekman Larson, which I would kind of personally, I don't know the situation for Vancouver overall, but I would be kind of careful with adding in Oliver Ekman Larson just because his cap hit is so high and you don't want to try to, you know, add all this money to a team that's going to have to pay Patterson, Besser, all those studs, Hughes. Uh, So I'd be careful with that one uh, personally. And in terms of, for for me with St. Louis, I think, you know, I think Petrangelo's gone. I just think that that's just the way it's going to go because they don't, I think what it will come down to in free agency is that there's going to be a team out there like the Toronto Maple Leafs who can offer signing bonus money out of this world. And it's been well documented that he wants a big signing bonus and the blues just don't do that. They just don't offer massive amounts of signing bonus money to players. And I don't know if they're going to make an exception. Something would have to happen at the final hour, a couple of days away, but I think he's gone. And then for the, for the blues, I think they need to make a trade to add a goal scorer, uh, because Tarasenko is going to be out for multiple months going into next season. They have some cap space to play with. I know I wrote that piece, uh, you know, giving the Canucks Bozak and getting Vertanen and and return to negotiate with him as an RFA, but it should be interesting. Now, what do you think? Do you just a general question? Do you think there's going to be more money thrown around the flat salary cap or less? And do you think we're going to see a lot of players go to teams that we would have never thought they'd go to? It's an interesting time in free agency. I think this is unprecedented, like a, a lot of stuff right now um, with the, the pandemic and how everything's kind of changed. Uh, the flat salary cap's going to throw a wrench into a lot of plans. And, you know, you see teams, I think there's going to be less money thrown around. Um, there could be even offer sheets, which we haven't seen a lot of. Um, just kind of, you know, teams kind of taking advantage of that and, you know, throwing around an offer sheet that team is like, well, I don't really want to, you know, match it and it's going to be interesting to see because I think there's gonna be a lot of short-term deals as well uh there aren't aren't gonna be those crazy seven eight year deals um but yeah we'll see we haven't obviously creators hasn't started yet so we're not sure what type of deals that'll happen but once that first contract goes I think we'll see what the actual outlook of this um offseason will go I think we need a GM to become a hero 
and <laughs> give an offer sheet to Matt Barzell. I think we need yeah, to yeah. <laughs> would really spice things up for sure because I don't know what the Islanders are going to do because you really want to pay a ton of money to Barzell in a system that he doesn't really fit that well. He could be scoring 100 points if you were in like Edmonton or Toronto oh, or somewhere yeah. like that. But uh, I'm assuming he's going to sign a bridge deal. But I think we need someone to become the hero of this offseason, kind of what Bergevin did last year by giving a, an offer sheet to Ajo. But uh, should yeah. be uh, this was good. Uh, Matthew Zader at Matthew Zader SC. You can follow him on Twitter. Covers the Canucks, the Vancouver Giants, the NHL, and the NHL draft for the hockey writers. Then contributes at Fanside of the Canuck Way, co host of the Canucks Pucks podcast. Matthew, this is great doing this. I hope we can talk again soon. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, thanks for having me.